Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? That's the kind of conversation we would have finding out your story, where you're from. God's the judge. People have to live to their own conviction. The science is clear. The Bible is clear. And if we're honest, our intuitions are clear. We know what we're killing. We're killing a human being. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, 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 welcome in to the fabulous world of Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which can only mean that Todd is out on campus. This week, it's Kennesaw State University, where he is now roaming around trying to hunt down some students to chat with, to share the gospel with. And if there's anybody in the world that can sniff out a student who needs to talk, well, let's face it, Todd's the man for the job. So buckle up. We've got some top-notch witnessing straight ahead from the campus of Kennesaw State University. This is Brendan with an E. Not Brandon with an A. And you don't even go to school here. I don't. I don't. I actually go to school at uh, Chattahoochee Tech, actually. Good on you. Tell me about the book you're reading. It's called? The 50th Law um, by Robert Greene and 50 Cent. Um, and it's really about, like, fear and, and fear's role in, like, people's everyday life. And, like, the overcoming of that, the, the ability to kind of tap into a fearless mindset that we all have. Um, but, but few of us kind of tap into in the day-to-day just because... You know, we get comfortable and we allow that to, like, drive our life. Let me ask you a couple of questions about that. How do you know that what they're saying is right? Yeah, that's 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 a great question. And I guess until you uh, open your mind and, and um, allow other people's perspective to uh, to be a possibility, you know, because sometimes we shut our minds off to other people's perspective and kind of see what happens. Right. Because if what you're doing isn't right, you know. The only thing you can do is kind of step outside of that and, and move forward and, and try and learn and grow. So I feel like I, you really don't know what's what's right until, you know, you can experience it and, and see how it works for you, really. So you're open to other people's ideas. So you'd be open up to my idea about fear. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think everyone has has different perspective. And yeah, I'd, I'd be open to it. Well, first of all, I think there's a lot of scary stuff. I mean, and, and fear, by the way, isn't always a bad thing. Fear is your friend, keeps you from jumping off a cliff. Yeah. All right, but I'm going to give you the Christian perspective. Are you a Christian by any chance? Yes. This is what Jesus said. Don't fear man, because all they can do is kill you, which right. is like a lot, right? I mean, well, I mean, getting killed is right, 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 right. bad. Yeah, no, it's bad. It yeah. is bad. So don't, don't fear people who can do that to you, but fear God who can both kill you and cast you into hell. Exactly. He's the one that we're supposed to be fearing. And, right. and here's how I think it works, Brendan. When we really do fear God, our fear of man problem diminishes. We're not as afraid of things because we fear God. And I think there's, a, there's another component of it is that we also love God because of what he's done for us. And so when we are fearing the one who could cast us into hell, it tells us that our biggest problem has been solved. So in other words, no matter what you're dealing with, your grades or finances or relationships, tiny, your biggest problem is you are on a highway to hell. God rescued you off of that road, put you on the road of life. Now we look at everything else and it's like, eh, 
exactly. That ain't no big thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, back to the point you were saying about fear no man because all he can do is kill you. Essentially, w- once you've been saved, you know, and you're living in your purpose, what it what is that? Like you said, that's 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 minor. All you can do is kill the body. But you know, what is your purpose? I know it. I think, you know, as 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 followers, you know, in that sense. Um, not in like, you know, like a career in, in, in what, what, um, say field I choose to, you know, put myself in, but in, in the bigger picture, like we're talking about would be, um, to, to, to love people, love, well, love God, love people and, and share the message. You know, I'm going to paint a picture of two people. One is a pretty humble, lowly farm girl who milks cows all day. That's, that's her thing. Contrast that to a religious guy who perhaps wears a collar, he wears robes, he does religious things. Which one of those two is more pleasing to God? Well, it's less about the outward, you know, presentation and more about the the relationship, um, the personal relationship from from within, from the heart, from 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 the spirit. So it's it's less about the presentation of the two but really about who's who's truly from their heart living um in such a way that would please god and and in in good relation what you just said i don't think most people would grasp because you look at the religious guy and it's like well he's doing holy things all she's doing is milking a cow but i agree with you if her heart if it's her desire to please god even if she does something that is pretty menial She's pleasing to God. If this guy, especially if this guy's like a hypocrite and he doesn't live out his faith, that's not pleasing to God at all. So it doesn't really matter what your job is. We glorify God with our attitude, how we go about our business, no matter what that business is. So you can get into, you want to get into like helping people physically, right? Right, 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 right. Exercise, science, sports, things of that nature. So you can glorify God in that job because that's your purpose. Your your purpose is to glorify God, and it takes a million different paths for all of us. But that's your purpose. That's the reason that you are here, Brendan, to glorify God. I believe it. Tell me then, if I came up to you and I said, Brendan, you seem like a nice guy. Tell me about the hope that lies within you. Why should I consider believing what you believe? Go. That's a, that's a big one. Um, uh, that, 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 that question has a lot of pieces, but, uh, I'd say, um, it's, it's repeat it one more time. Let me, let me, let me. Brendan, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a hopeless man. I don't know what I'm doing. And wow, I just have a bad feeling about the afterlife. Can you help me? Well, I'd say um, if you, one, one thing, you know, this is one of the bigger points um, that I could tell somebody that doesn't necessarily believe, especially because I feel like a lot of times it's coming from like a, you know, I have to see everything, you know, um, um, experience this or whatever to, to be able to put faith into something. Right. and um, so I would say, first off, you know, h- how do you learn about the afterlife, right? I mean, because none of us have died, right? But there, w- there was one person that did, right? And he came back and, and, and he was a, tes- a testament to God the Father, right? Jesus in the flesh. And so 
he left us with lessons and teachings and and already you know wrote this stuff out for us you know and so um listen to one person that experienced that already you know what i'm saying beat death um stole the keys to hell and 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 you know triumphed over all that so i i'd say you know hoping in the one that already conquered that you know okay let's turn the tables you come to me and you say you look like a nice guy. You'll have to use your imagination. But yeah. you look like a nice guy. Can you tell me about the hope that lies within you? So let's role play gold. Okay, you look like a nice guy. Well, thank you. Tell, tell me about the hope that lies within you. <laughs> that was probably pretty painful for you, wasn't it? <laughs> right. Well, I, 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 would, I would say this, that hope can either be crossing your fingers hoping that the weather's going to be good when I want to go fishing or hope can actually be in an object that is steadfast immovable unshakable and true so that I can actually know do you feel the difference in hope it's like oh I hope I get a good grade versus my hope is built on somebody who is truth himself so I, I would probably, Brendan, start by asking you some questions, for instance. And say, well, Brendan, tell me, do you think you're a good person? You said you think I'm a good guy. Are you a good guy? I think so. Yeah. Let me, let me test that. Have you ever told a lie? Yeah. Huh. So good people tell lies is what you're telling. Okay. Ever stolen anything? Ooh. Uh... Doesn't matter about the value. Right, 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 right. Yeah, maybe as a little kid or something like that, yeah. Fair enough, but that's that's stealing, right? That's there. Okay, uh, let's try this one. Jesus said, you've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. I say, look at a woman with lust. You've committed adultery in your heart. Would you be guilty of doing the thing that Jesus said is akin to adultery? Yeah. I don't know which one of us isn't guilty of that. Right. All right. Have you murdered anybody? No. No. That's All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, Robbie. All right. Hold on, though. Jesus said, you've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit murder. But I say, if you're angry, unjustly angry, you're in danger of the judgment because it's murder of the heart. So have you ever been unjustly angry? 100%. All right. So, Brendan, you told me you're a good person, but... You've also told me you're a lying, thieving, adulterous murderer at heart. Okay, stop. It's time. We've got to do it. I know it breaks your heart because it does mine too, but we got to pay the bills. We got to take a small break, but have no fear. That sounds like underdog. Anyway, have no fear. We'll be right back with this conversation between Todd and Brandon, where they've already covered a pretty wide range of topics. They've talked fear, they've talked about living with purpose, and milking cows. That's right, milking cows. Who knew Witness Wednesday could be a smorgasbord of experience? But it is. At least today it is. Hang around. More Todd and Brandon all the way next on Wretched Radio. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. 
then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. We are so grateful for your support, especially when you grab resources from the Wretched store at wretched.org. Just like Susan, one of our supporters who recently wrote in and said, with so many great and helpful ministry tools provided for counsel, evangelism, and teaching, this saint is equipped. And that's the goal. That's why we exist, which is also why I want to ask if you've ever considered taking the next step and joining us as a gospel partner, because by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner, you can actually help us produce these resources and reach millions of souls all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not asking for private jets here or weekly manicures or pedicures. Although, have you seen Todd's toes? Anyway, that's another story. So are you ready to join us? Just visit wretched.org slash donate, or you can also text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Polycarp was a disciple of the Apostle John and the Bishop of Smyrna. He was a staunch defender of orthodoxy, combating the Gnostic heresies. Before his death as a martyr, Polycarp proclaimed, 86 years I have served Christ, and he has done me no evil. How could I curse my King who saved me? This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back. We are back with more Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And when we last left, Todd and Brendan were deep in conversation about being born again and living life with purpose, with Christ at the center. And Brendan did open up quite a bit about his struggles with fear and how God's sovereignty has been working in his life, even in the tough times. So let's jump back in. Let's dive back in and see where the chat goes from here. But here's the good news. The one in whom I've placed my hope is Jesus Christ, because he claimed to be God. He proved it by doing signs and wonders. And then he marched to a cross. He wasn't a victim. He marched to the cross 
because something was taking place there. It wasn't just people being evil and cruel. It was about God pouring out the wrath that you and I deserve on his only beloved son so that justice can be satisfied and you can be forgiven. So my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus, his blood, and his righteousness. That's, that's my hope. And that's also your hope. But the Bible says something has to take. You can't just sit here and go, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Jesus said that unless a man is born again, he will not enter the kingdom of God. What do you think he meant by that? It's, it's, it's dying to your old ways and, and ad- adopting a life in Christ, you know, and, and living as a, as a different person. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's pretty warm to what he was after because to be born again, it indicates you're dead. Clearly, it doesn't mean we go back into our mother's womb. Right. That's preposterous. Right. So he was really talking about a spiritual death. When you get to the place where you go, I am not a good guy. I'm not a good guy at all. In fact, I'm a very bad man. I'm a criminal in the eyes of God. But Jesus Christ paid my fine. So when we give him our rap sheet, he actually gives us his resume so that we can be seen as the righteousness of God because he gives us all of the credit that he earned for never breaking any of those laws. He died, he rose again, which means you've got a receipt. So Jesus dying, his death was the payment. His resurrection was God's receipt to say, it's been paid for. You are good to go. So Brennan, I would say that's my hope. And that can be your hope too, if you'll repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ. That's how I think I'd go about it. Right, right. And that's a great way to explain it. So have you repented and trusted in Christ? Yes, sir. If, let me just, let me just quiz you a little bit. If I gathered all of your friends together, family, the people who know you best, who or what would they say is the most important thing in Brendan's life? I don't know. That'd be interesting. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to hear that, that same answer myself, but uh, I don't know. I think, I think relationships and, and, you know, I'm big on, on family and and my loved ones. Um, And I think that, I think, my loved ones would know that. I think that would kind of be the answer, family. Might I suggest to you that God actually wants to be in that position? He, he wants to be the primary love of your life. Doesn't mean that you no longer love your family, but we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. But we love God first and foremost because anything else would be idolatrous, loving something more than God, even blasphemous. So I would say that God is supposed to have that position in our lives and that we should be constantly focusing on him so that our love for him does grow, our trust in him does grow, and our fear of man disappears. So I'm curious, Brendan, you're reading a book by 50 50 Cent and... 50 Cent and Robert Greene. Now, see, I thought it was 50 Cent. Yeah, yeah, 50 Cent. But you're just not... Okay, you're trying to keep it easy for me. Okay. I know cool stuff. Okay, so these two guys wrote this book. Do you have a a fear of man problem? I wouldn't say. I guess guess in, uh, you kind of have to break that down, right? So in what sense, in, in, you know, daily, you know, fears and anxieties, I would say um, I wrestle with that, you know, depending on the circumstance. You know, everyone kind of has their thing on um, what they worry about or whatever the case may be in, in different ranges of how much, how little, right? Um, 
So in, in the aspect of, of daily fears that, like we spoke about at the end of the day, really aren't, aren't all too big. Tell, well, tell me, I, I mean, I, I know stuff that confronts me. So what are the things that you perhaps are most fearful of? Some of the bigger ones would be, uh, you know, failure in, in the sense of like, you know, whether it be career or, or achieving, you know, dreams and, and certain things of that nature. Um, and I, I feel like that would be like one of the biggest ones. Are you familiar with the word? It's a theological term. Sovereignty? Yeah. What does that mean? Sovereign is, it's, it's like reigning over. Over what do you think God reigns? All things, most things, some things, a few things, no things. All things. Okay. Even your dreams and your hopes? 100%. So let's just say you want to get into, it's exercise. Science. Science. Yeah. Okay. You want to get into exercise. Let's say you bomb. You, you don't do well, and you don't get to do what your heart desired. How would sovereignty affect my attitude toward that failure? Understanding that, and this is something right now, I mean, I, I know I read this book, um, but I, I also, you know, try and, you know, get into the Word and in really trying to read more um, of the Bible um, myself. Um, but this is, this is one thing that, especially over um, the past, year and a half or so, two years, because um, I actually played or I actually play football. Currently, I'm injured, and that's why I'm back at Chattahoochee Tech. I was playing at um, Anderson University in Indiana, D3 school. Um, and so my dream right now is to play at the highest level of football. You know what I'm saying? And so um, with me getting injured and, uh, you know, my dreams getting put on the back burner and, um, you know, me getting separated from what I want, you know, it's, it's forced me to take a step back and, and understand that concept, right? That, um, he, he's above everything, you know, and he's, 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 he's working his hand in my life to, to maneuver pieces, to grow me into who he created me to be, not, not what my flesh, you know, desires. Would you consider not going to Anderson, not playing football, being here? Is this plan B for you? It was, wasn't plan A. Right, 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 right. It, it, certainly by my outlining, it would not have been plan A. So inherently it would be that plan B. Um, but like I said, in, in this time, it's really like, it's really truly been a blessing that I would have never asked for, it, you know, but in, in changing my mindset, trying and, and working to like trust more and have more faith, um, it's, it's really opened my eyes to the blessings within what I saw as, you know, this, this deviation from my plan a this you know this this whole big big issue really you know came forth as, as a blessing in many many ways um and so yeah i'd say by my my outlining it'd be plan b but understanding now that he he already had it. it's god's plan a because he doesn't have a plan b it's not like oh no brendan got hurt now what am i gonna do to fix that situation uh-uh he foreordained everything. He's in control of everything. Now, there's, there's, there's another theology that you really need to consider with sovereignty. Because if somebody is in control of every molecule in the universe, that means he's really in control of me. So who is this sovereign one? Is he evil? Is he capricious? Is he good? Is he just? Is it, what, what is this sovereign being? Because if he's not anything but loving, I'm really 
really scared. But if God is both sovereign and good, and he only does that which is right, and even though he'll put you through hard things, it is so you can bear fruit, so you can become more like Jesus Christ, so that you can be conformed to his image. So I need to remember that not only is God sovereign, but God is loving, especially to those who are in Christ. In Christ is a phrase that gets used a lot in the New Testament, dozens of times, in Christ. Because when God looks at you in Christ, he sees Christ. That means, Brendan, God's love for you is as intense as his love is for his own son. You just can't get more love than that, right? right, right? right. And knowing that he's sovereign, knowing that he loves his children, there's, there's no plan B's in his economy. And what God ordains is always good, right. including getting injured. Right, right. So as you go through life and, you know, maybe you, you bomb out, you don't do well on your tests, whatever. It's not that God delights in your failure, but it's because God is wanting to do something. Right. And he's willing to even let it sting right. because he wants better things for us than we want for ourselves. So my encouragement to you, Brennan, would be grow in that knowledge of God's sovereignty and God's love in Christ. And whatever the fears are, it doesn't mean that life never is like, yeah, yeah. But you're not going to be terrified about the future because your biggest problem has already been solved, right? You're a gentleman. Thank you very much. And well, there you have it, folks. Todd and Brendan covered quite a bit of ground there, didn't they? They talked about hope. They talked about God's sovereignty, facing fears. They talked about milking cows. They talked about a lot. And Brendan was actually pretty receptive to what Todd shared with him and even acknowledged that God was at work in his life. But let's not forget, let's keep Brendan in our prayers moving forward. And I know this is your favorite part, another rate. That's right. We'll be back with more Witness Wednesday right after this on Wretched Radio. Now it's time for a Wretched News Break on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. First up today, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp has stepped up to the plate and signed into law a partial ban on transgender mutilation of children. Doctors are being told to put down the scalpel when it comes to performing irreversible procedures on minors. About time somebody came to their senses and realized most kids can't even decide what their favorite ice cream flavor is, let alone make life-altering medical decisions. And in an unexpected plot twist, climate change has now been declared racist by the Net Zero fanatics. Yep, the Woke Brigade is on the case, reminding us that even the weather has a sinister agenda. And in the Sunshine State, Governor Ron DeSantis has signed some new legislation of his own. A new school choice legislation has been signed into law, expanding coverage to every single student in Florida. And parents across the state are celebrating their newfound ability to decide where their children will be educated. <laughs> you know, we're living in a time where we're given the choice to pick from a million different streaming services. It's amazing how revolutionary it seems that parents are being allowed to have a say in their child's education. And on to Sonny Hostin, who apparently is in competition with Whoopi Goldberg on making the most ridiculous statements on The View. Recently, she decided to blow off China's concentration camps by claiming that America's treatment of black people is far worse. Yes, maybe they're putting uh, Muslims in jail in Afghanistan, I think you mentioned, and China. And China. 
They're putting a lot of black, more black people in jail here. Obviously, she's burying her head in the sand with that statement because concentration camps versus incarceration rates. Yeah, that's comparing kale to ice cream, Sonny. And meanwhile, United Methodists in Europe and Eurasia are starting the process of disaffiliating from the UMC. Seems like I'm telling these stories weekly. They're happening more and more frequently. And this particular story is kind of like an ecclesiastical Brexit, just without the tea and crumpets. Let's keep praying for our Methodist brothers and sisters. Oh, and here's another story about The View. You remember that fun claim Jane Fonda made recently on The View? Well, now she's saying that her comments about murdering pro-life Christians were, quote, made in jest. <laughs> Who knew that promoting violence against other people was such a laugh riot? Maybe try a knock-knock joke next time, Jane. And finally, we have a sad story of a sad woman who was recently charged with murder after giving birth and throwing her newborn baby in a ditch. A sobering reminder for us all that every life is precious and we cannot stop fighting for the unborn. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. Second Timothy is Paul's last letter before his execution. He encourages Timothy to persevere amidst suffering. Paul had suffered for the sake of the gospel, but he also knew the beauty and power of the gospel. He charges Timothy to cling to and preach the gospel. When you face opposition, do not fear or be ashamed, but trust God and rely on His Word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which means Todd is out and has been out on campus at Kennesaw State University. That's where he's at. That's where he's been gallivanting around. He's already talked with Brendan. But who's next on the hit list? Well, your guess is as good as mine. The only way we're going to be able to find out is to get back to the campus now. Skylar, have you taken any ethics classes? Not as of yet that I can remember, but I would love to, and I'm looking into doing it. Here's my question. What is your personal source for ethics and morality? Um, I don't know if there's like a specific place that I like get all my ethics and morality from. I just think about what I would do in the situation or how I would feel. And whenever I try to think of like doing unto others as they do unto me, I'm like, I can't do that because it's just wrong. It just comes from, I don't know where it comes from, but it just, it just feels wrong to do the wrong thing, if that makes sense. And um, I don't know what I was going to say. Well, you decided kind of the golden rule. Pretty much the golden rule. And it's so much easier to be nice than it is to go out of your way to be rude and do bad things to other people. See, I have to confess, I find it's easier to be rude than nice. And I, that, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's easier. I was like, I have my moments where I feel that too, especially if it's like, if it's like with another person, if they're being like rude or like whatever. Um, You'd like to do unto them what they just did to you. All right. <laughs> now, but here's, but here's my question, Skylar. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How do you know, though, that that statement is of value? How do you know that statement is actually the right way to live? Um, usually, a lot more can get done and a lot of things can improve or like grow with positivity or working together, for example, which, I mean, involves being nice to each other or at least listening to each other. 
So it works basically. Pretty much. I think it works. So that would almost that would be like a utilitarian worldview that if hey if it works we do it because it it kind of works out and it's a good thing. Right, right. But how do I know though that what I'm doing is right? Because if we adopt a utilitarian worldview, we could almost then say the ends justify the means. And that means we could do wrong things because we believe and perceive it has a good outcome, right? And here, here's another challenge that I, I find with like doing the right thing and the wrong thing. How do we even know what is right or wrong? Um, that is a good question. Uh, I try to think of it as like maybe what's, I know we don't know what's right or wrong per se, but maybe what works out the best for more people than just the one. So like you think about if it's, I don't know how to, what the phrase is or what, how to think of it, but like if it's going to work out better for everyone, yes, it sucks for like the few, but you want something that works so you can grow and improve. But that, that would again be a utilitarian worldview that it does more good for more people and boohoo for those who pay the price. And I would like try my best to make sure everybody's included in the. Let me let me present something to you. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to tip my hand up front and I'm going to tell you where I'm going. And then you just tell me if you think I got you there. OK, I want to try something that philosophers or theologians would call the transcendental argument for the existence of God. It's a fancy way of saying if we agree that there are moral absolutes on this planet, beating up small children, um, molesting women, um, cutting somebody's heads off. We would, we'd go, look, that is just absolutely, for all times, in all places, horrible. And you'd agree with me, correct? Right. That is horrible. Yeah. Those are horrible things. But the reason that we can make that statement is only because there is an objective source of morality. Because if there is not an objective source of moral authority, all you and I can say is, I don't prefer you chop off the head of a small child, but we can't definitively claim that it's absolutely wrong, but we can. Therefore, there's a moral lawgiver. Um, I see what you're saying, but part of that, I guess, would be my belief. Everybody and everything, every living creature deserves like a shot at life and all it has to offer. And I go by everything happens the way it's supposed to and go with the flow. But I mean, yes, there is what you were saying, but I don't know. But if you and I agree that there's objective laws, there's objective morals, we have just reasoned our way right to God, the source of moral authority. Do you think that's a persuasive argument? I guess, I know, I guess depends on your religious beliefs. I believe. Well, actually, I, I wasn't talking religion. Okay. Cause I, I didn't, okay. I didn't say if it's Buddhist or Hindu or Christian or I, I just said, I intuit if there's objective laws, there's an objective lawgiver. So all I really shared was theism, but I did not present okay. a specific deity. All right. I'm going to try something else with you, Skylar. All right. I want to make sure the label of this, this down jacket. All right. Who made this thing? Honestly, I'm not sure. Fair enough. But would you agree that it was made? Yes, I do. Why? Because it's here and... Because <laughs> yeah, here it is and this doesn't happen by itself. Okay. The grass we're sitting on, the eyes that you are looking and perceiving this grass through, 
Did they happen by themselves or were they made also? They were also made. By whom? God or whoever. Something. So we've just, all we've done in our progression here is we've concluded if there's morality that's objective, there's a source of morality. There is a God. If there is stuff, there is a stuff maker. So you and I have simply arrived at a destination called theism, that there is a God. Now the question is, who is that God? Who do you think it is? Um, Honestly, I don't know. I just know there is a God or... I know some people believe there's more than one God. It just depends on like theism and your beliefs. And I don't know. I just know there is, we can't all come from nothing. I, I agree with that. Have you ever heard the word postmodern? I have. Do you know what it is? Not entirely. <laughs> the pre-modern era, philosophically, existed from the time of Jesus Christ. We'll call it zero because our calendar is based on his life and death. So from zero to give or take 1400, that was called the pre-modern era. Doesn't mean that people weren't smart, but their, right. their philosophical worldview is God exists, the end, that's it. Right and wrong, God determines it. And in Western civilization, it was typically through the church or through the Bible. Right. God says it, that settles it, the end. Well, an era called secular humanism, the age of reason came along and philosophers, a lot of French philosophers came along and started to question the existence of God and introduced more of a humanistic mindset. God doesn't exist. Human beings are the source of morality and values and right and wrong. We determine what is good and bad. And we are really the, the top of what we observe. Right. It's called secular humanism. And that, that was in play. That's called the modern era. Until 1989, philosophers say it was the fall of the Berlin Wall that brought an end to the modern era because people look back over the last 89 years and they saw a bunch of world wars and a lot of people dying. More people died in the 20th century than any other century. And we started to think, you know, maybe we human beings, we really don't have this all figured out. So the conclusion was in the pre-modern era, God is truth. In the modern era, it was humans are the determiners of truth. The postmodern era, the era that you and I live in is there is no truth, or if there is any truth, it's individualistic. The individual defines truth for him or herself. Right. Pre-modern, modern, postmodern. Which era would you put yourself in, Skylar? Um, that's a good question. Not pre-modern, um, but as for the other ones, I'm not entirely sure. So let me see if we can just deflate the idea of postmodernism, which is you believe what's true for you and it's true. I believe what's true for me and it's true. All right. I believe that this jacket actually uh, it wasn't made. I believe this jacket is God. And I believe that when we die, we will spend eternity in Antarctica, but will never be cold because our God will wrap itself around us and will stay warm for eternity. That's what I believe. Is it really true? You never know what the future holds or what comes after um, is how I think about it. I would like to believe that there is something after where we're under his wing or so what you said. My belief is this jacket is God and I'm going to spend eternity wrapped up in this jacket in Antarctica. And you and I realize that's not true. <laughs> and no matter how intensely I believe it, I might be sincere, but I'm sincerely wrong. Right. Right. I, I can't say, I believe gravity doesn't exist. Well, it just keeps on existing, right? No matter what I think about it. So my belief doesn't make things true. They're either true or false. So now you're either pre-modern 
You're modern, but you shouldn't be a postmodern. Oh, you know I don't like to interrupt, but that's what I have to do right now. I've got to interrupt. I've got to take this break. But when we return, we've got more from Skyler and Todd. Skyler's been sharing their thoughts on ethics, morality, and the existence of God. We'll hear more of that next on Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Friel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Question, are you tired of the same old boring TV shows? Well, there is something that's not like anything else on Christian TV. It's transformed and it's back for season number two. You get to be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions, tackling issues like depression, anxiety, OCD, and others. These are real people with real issues being offered real solutions by our hosts, Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson. So if you're looking for something different, you know, a show that glorifies God and demonstrates the sufficiency of His Word, then Transform is for you. It's a -a one-of-a-kind production that provides the hope and relief that only the Bible can give. The world is full of hurting people, even Christians, and many are completely unaware of biblical counseling and the answers it can provide. So join us for Transform Season 2, the show that will transform your walk with Christ and leave a profound and lasting impact on your life. Get your hands on it now and also consider grabbing the Sunday School curriculum for your church. You can find it at transform.org or the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at pre-born centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the physician. Jesus healed many physical ailments during his ministry on earth. When he comes again, he will put an end to death and disease and give us spiritual bodies to last for eternity. 
This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. And if you remember when we left Todd and Skyler, they were knee deep in a discussion about God's existence. They were talking about various religious texts. And Todd shared the gospel with Skyler. And Skyler seemed to be open to the conversation. She even admitted to never hearing the gospel presented as clearly before. And so I know you're just as interested as I am to see how this conversation ends. All right. The question now is, and we, if you remember through the transcendental argument, through the cosmological argument, we concluded there is a God. The question now is, who is that God? And has that God spoken and revealed himself to his creatures? That's the question. And now you got some books that claim that they do. You've got things like the Bhagavad Gita. You've got the Quran. You've got the Book of Mormon. And you've got the Holy Bible. Those are the books that claim they speak for God. Do you think any of those books do? Um, Considering they were like written by people, I mean, I guess it depends on the what they're talking about in the specific section, I guess. Um, I believe that you can see this God in like nature or you could see it in certain things, but it's kind of like, what's the word? Translated in a way. So like it may not always necessarily be God speaking through the people. I agree. It might not be. You're right. But just because it was written by people doesn't automatically disqualify it as being true because you've got a textbook here and it was written by human beings and you believe it's true. So it's not the transmission that makes it true or false. It's whether or not the contents are true or false. All right. Let me share something with you and then you you tell me what you think. All right, Skylar. I think God exists because it's clear somebody had to make this place. We've got this sense of value and morality. It can't exist unless there is an, a, there is somebody who is morally pure. And I believe we have a conscience, this little courtroom in our brain that registers an innocent or guilty verdict on ourselves. We know whether we're doing something right or something wrong. And I believe that it is only the Bible that satisfies all of these questions that are still a little bit open-ended in a harmonious way. Maybe another religion can kind of deal with one of the issues, but I think it's the Bible that harmonizes all of the big questions like, where did we come from? Why are we here? What am I supposed to be doing? Where am I going when I die? So this is what I think the Bible says. You and I were made by God. God knit you together in your mother's womb, and you're owned by him because he made you. And this God is morally just and he's holy and he's righteous. And our conscience tells us when we're not behaving in alignment with his laws. And I believe that you and I, I'll just assume some things about you. You're like me. You've told lies. Perhaps you've stolen things that didn't belong to you. You didn't always honor your parents. You didn't certainly honor God the way that you should. We could get into the realm of sexual issues, of uh, behavioral things, the way that we hate people or we're racist or we're sexist. Wrong, 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 which means guilty, 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 guilty. And this just God who has given me a conscience will not turn a blind eye to justice. He's not just going to let boys be boys and girls be girls and let criminals go scot-free. He won't do it. You and I, we see the stories on the evening news where it's really awful and we can kind of get incensed. It's like, how could that guy treat that woman that way? And we get furious about it. God's values and morality is so much higher. He's furious 
at lying. The Bible says all liars will have their part in a lake of fire because God is the God of truth and he doesn't like lying. He doesn't like lusting. He doesn't like moral impurity. He doesn't like dishonesty. God is holy and we're not. And if we stand before this God on judgment day and the books are open and it's got Schuyler's court case right on it and the omniscient God knows everything you've thought and done and failed to do, Skylar, you and I would be in really big trouble. And I think that's why we fear death. You know, just this idea that I don't think it's going to go well for me. I remember when I was a kid, I had a horrible fear of dying because I knew I wasn't going to the happy place. And it was my conscience. You got that feeling too? It really terrified me and rightly so. It should scare us. And the Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God because he's holy and because he has love, he hates that which is unrighteous. And he's going to deal with all of us on an individual basis. And if he gives you and if he gives me what we deserve, you and I are, we're, we're definitely not going to the happy place. We'd be going to hell. But this is one of the best words in the Bible. But God is rich in mercy. God loves to forgive sinners. God loves to take pity on his people. But that leaves us with a bit of a tension and a conundrum. We're guilty criminals. We deserve wrath. God will give it to those who break his laws. But God loves people and he wants to forgive people. But there's this tension. If God just forgives people, then he's unjust and that would violate his own character and he can't do that. So something has to happen to break this tension so that God can forgive sinners and still be the just God he is. God created a plan to forgive Skylar. Do you know what that plan is according to the Bible? No. I don't. Um, I just know that he has a plan for all of us. And even if we may not know it, it's there. Right. But he's got a specific plan about how you can be forgiven and how your court case can be dismissed. It's called the gospel. It's a word that means good news. For the last two, three minutes, I've kind of been dumping bad news on you. The good news is God took on human flesh. He never broke the rules. He was always, always kind in what he did. He always said the right thing. He always loved correctly. He never dishonored his parents. He always honored the Lord. He never looked with lust. He was never racist or sexist. And then he allowed sinful people to strip him, beat him, flog him, crucify him. But it wasn't that he was just victim of injustice. He did that intentionally because Jesus on earth, God in flesh, was receiving the wrath of God the Father on the cross for you so that your court case could be dismissed, so your sins could be forgiven, so that God could still be just and forgiving. Jesus took your place. You broke God's laws. Jesus paid your fine. And now, Skylar, you will give him your rap sheet. He will give you his resume, all the right things that he did, He'll actually credit that to your account. So God will not just forgive your sins, but he will look at you as if you are righteous because you've been given the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So the good news of the gospel is not only can your sins be forgiven, but you can become righteous, credited to your account by Jesus Christ, so that when you and I do die, God will say to us, inherit everlasting life the kingdom prepared for you because of Jesus Christ. 
That's the gospel. And Schuyler, I believe that harmonizes everything. It explains who God is. It explains reality as we see it. It deals with my guilty conscience and my shame problem. It gives me hope for the future, and it tells me how to live today. That's the Christian message. So, Skylar, it sounds to me like this might be the first time you've ever heard this. Is that correct? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've heard like bits and pieces, yeah. but not like in this form. Yeah, that happens a lot where we get little bites of it, but nobody ever really kind of connects the dots for us. Well, right now you've just heard the dots connected. So here's what you're confronted with on this glorious day in Georgia. You now know something more important than your studies you know the truth of everlasting life. Right now, you have been given that knowledge, but it's not enough to just go, okay, I know it, I'm good to go. That's not what God is seeking. God commands you this day to repent. It's the word that means you turn from your sins. You don't become perfect, but it's like, ugh, the things that I was doing, I don't want to, I don't want to do those things anymore. I want to live for the one who died for me. And you put your trust in Jesus Christ, not a mere mental ascent, but you put your trust in him like you'd put your trust in a parachute. You put it on because you believe it's going to save you. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. God wants to adopt you into his family. God wants to demonstrate his kindness by saving you today. So I'm going to walk away and I might never see you again, but now you know the key to everlasting life. And I just want to clarify one thing for you so that this is maybe left ringing in your ears as I go. What I just presented to you is not a get out of hell free plan. Okay. Because you're afraid to die. I used to be afraid to die. God doesn't want you to use him as fire insurance, just a get out of hell free card. He will get you out of hell because of Jesus. But it shouldn't just be that we turn to him because we're scared of hell. We should want to be in a relationship with him because he rescued us from hell, because he's good and he's kind and he's loving and he's gentle and he's merciful and he's a benevolent father. That's why we should run to him like prodigal children. And he promises he'll run to us and embrace us and save us. That's why you should consider these claims. It's the goodness of God that should lead you to repentance. So I don't know you, but I would love for you to inherit everlasting life. I would love for you to go to heaven. I'd love for your conscience to be cleansed, for guilt and shame to be gone, fear of death gone. I can't do that for you. Can't make you, I'm not signing you up for a religion today. I'm walking away and simply encouraging you to think on these things as if your eternity depended on it, because it does. Fair enough? It does. Thanks for being patient. All right, will you think on these things at least? Of course. All right. Well, that is it. That is all for that chat and Witness Wednesday. As a matter of fact, that all comes to a close now. What an encouraging day. What an encouraging conversation with Skylar. And let's keep her in our prayers. She did promise to uh, ponder the things that she heard today. And that's going to do it. Another Witness Wednesday come and gone. But don't worry, we've got even more Witness Wednesday next week and even more Wretched Radio coming your way tomorrow. Until then, until tomorrow, go serve your king.